Hey there. Welcome to the Ashtanga Dispatch Yoga Podcast. I'm your host, Peg Mulqueen. You know, times have really changed since the last time I saw today's guest, Ava Taylor, founder of Yama Talent and author of the new book, Your Yoga Business. The last time Ava and I were together was during the Obama administration. We were part of a team teaching yoga to kids on the White House lawn during the annual Easter egg roll. Those big in-person events where we all got together as a global yoga community feel like a lifetime ago. The pandemic really changed things. I feel like there was yoga before the pandemic and yoga after the pandemic. So many studios were forced to close during that time. And unlike gyms that seem to recover their in-person clients pretty quickly, yoga studios and teachers haven't been so lucky. Because while the number of people practicing yoga has increased, many more are also taking advantage of the various online alternatives that the pandemic made possible. And so for many yoga teachers and business owners, rebuilding has meant reimagining what they do and how they do it. Many teachers have expanded into online coaching or now offer online classes and programs. Now, I, I feel somewhat fortunate as we'd already begun adding a few online courses before 2020. Now though, that's the bulk of what we offer. Not only do we have a full year online immersion into the Yoga Sutras, but our online mentorship is now entering its second year. In fact, our spring semester begins February 15th, and so you can apply right now. <laughs> details are on our website. Go visit ashtangadispatch.com for details on the mentorship and the path. I feel like Ava would be so proud of me for awkwardly adding that there. <laughs> Maybe not the awkward part, but as Ava says, marketing is simply taking what you love the gifts that you offer, and share in the gospel, so to speak. And I have to say, hands down, our mentorship has been one of our most fulfilling endeavors ever, if for no other reason than the incredible community it's formed. I think that's why 90% of our 2023 mentees are returning again this year. I mean, Megan and I are good teachers, but what we're really good at is building relationships. We're good at creating community. And that's what seems to be lacking the most these days. Ava says, we're all just a bit scattered now. I mean, thanks to COVID, we're the most connected we've ever been, but also the most disconnected. And so what does Ava say that means for the future? Well, you're just gonna have to listen to find out. But I'll tell you this, after our conversation, I felt something I hadn't felt in a really long time. Hope. Ava gave me hope. But also, so much of what she says in today's episode makes good practical sense. Just like in her book, Your Yoga Business, to borrow the words of Wendell Berry, Ava tells us how to make a living and a loving. And that's good advice, not just for yoga teachers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here's Ava Taylor. So the last time I saw you, we were at the White House. 
during the Obama administration. <laughs> yes, yeah, duh. <laughs> Those were such good times. And I met so many cool people through that, including you. You, I remember, do you remember this? I was so taken by you. First of all, I was taken by you because you are just charismatic, full of light. You have, you bubble with enthusiasm. I mean, I was just attracted to you. You just have that glow. Some people have that and you have it. Um, but also you had it business acumen and I had none, zero. When I was, I remember this true story. When I, when I, I, was, I was a counselor, right? I left counseling to move into yoga. And I remember opening my very first studio and I said to this small organic group of students that I was going to teach who I'd been teaching in their houses, I'm going to open a studio and I'm going to put two palms, one on top of the other. And I'm going to make that people can just pay what they want. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just going to put that at the door and they could just put whatever. And I remember one of my students, she was an accountant and she said, over my dead body. you <laughs> and she proceeded to take over the business part like she handled all of that just out of friendship and love and um and god damn am I grateful because I just I've learned over the years but only the hard way Ava not not yeah yeah I mean you you took it literally, like, that's one of my taglines for the book is you don't have to learn everything the hard way because it's such a, a reality of being an entrepreneur, right? Like we're yoga business owners. So we're creating businesses in a mom and pop space, super familial. Everybody knows each other. Everyone is well-intended, falls in love with yoga, right? Wants to share the practice, wants to help better the world, right? We all have these beautiful purpose purposes and passions. And so then we get into it. And like the minute you graduate from YTT, you're a business owner, but nobody thinks about it that way, right? Like every yoga teacher is a small business. Every studio owner is a small business. And so you're not necessarily thinking about the skills and the, the, the administration and the other, the operations to required to run a business. You're just thinking about the yoga, the product, right? That you're you're gonna be teaching and selling in this, this the happy thing. So um, yeah, I mean, I was one of the first to realize that that was a missing, something missing in our market and that we didn't wanna change the passion and the purpose. We just needed to support it. And that's really where my career started. And that's where we met at the White House. And that was just my way to serve. I, I knew, I would say, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be a teacher, but I know I'm committed to yoga, to spreading the word and spreading the practice and getting more people on mats and, 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 you know, getting exposed. I just wanted everybody to find out about yoga. And so what was I going to do? How would I, how was I going to build, make a living for myself? And this is what I discovered was the way that I could serve was to bring infrastructure and bring business acumen and really support teachers and studio owners with the other side you know, of being either a hobby teacher or a career teacher, whatever your business model is, but everybody needs support. And so that was really where I kind of stuck my little, you know, made my, put my stake in the ground. Um, and here we are, you know, 13, almost 15 years later. <laughs> 
I mean, thank God for you. Wouldn't you say though, that like, I think about this, what draws you to yoga, the people that are drawn to teach are not great. They're not really drawn to running a business. Like that's the conundrum, right? Don't you think? It is a conundrum. And I, I consider yoga an art form. So the original name of the company is Yama Talent Yoga Artist Management Agency. So it's always been art to me, right? You learn the notes, you learn the technique, you make it your own, right? That's the whole point of it. The way that someone would compose a new piece of music, right? So if you think about it that way, art artists, artistic minded people, right? It's just a different it's just a different side of the coin. And it's not that it cannot be done, that both cannot be handled. And I am so proud of so many yoga business owners who 10 years ago were like, am I a yoga business? Who are now super savvy, kicking ass, like really great business people, but they've had to become that intentionally. Um, but it's not like a slight, there's nothing wrong with anyone. I think what the that because yoga is an art, it draws artistic people to it and that's where they're happy right they're they want to create they want to be you know creating experiences and you know that's where they're that's where they're happy right that's their wheelhouse they don't necessarily geek out over spreadsheets and want to do cash flows and file their taxes and like you know but I happen to love spreadsheets so you know it's just a different it's a different person um who might want to excel at those things, right? Everybody's capable of doing everything. I could teach a great yoga class. You can do a cash flow sheet. It's not, <laughs> it's not brain surgery and everyone is capable of, of these things too. So I think we also have to be careful because yes, yoga folks are artistic, right? And, and maybe lean into a more creative side of things, but also really smart and really capable. And you can do both. You can definitely learn how to do both. And I would say that most of the really successful, depending on your definition of success, teachers have either mastered both or they've gotten somebody who can do the other half for them really well. You gave me probably one of the best pieces of advice <laughs> sitting on that White House lawn in between our groups of kids. <laughs> and you said to me, because I, I was like kind of, Oh, struggling with the marketing thing. Like it's marketing a bad thing. It's a, you know, dirty word, dirty word. You don't market yourself. Ew. Um, you just build it and they will come, you know, but no, they don't. But anyway, <laughs> and you said, remember your why, remember mm -hmm. why you're here. Stay focused. Remember your why. Can you speak to that? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Well, it was like, it was going to be one of a couple of things. I was like, okay, which one is it? Um, that makes me so happy. First of all, that you remember it. And also I think for me as someone who's committed to this work to have a through line like that of, because it's still one of the most important things. It will always be one of the most important things. So I love thinking back to that lawn, you know, and that it was already clear how important that was because it, it continues to be really important for every, for every yoga business owner. And the, the context that I was saying that in um, 
with the particular like struggle that you were having around marketing yourself is remembering your why, you know, you're hopefully you're starting with why with your business to begin with, right? So again, it's back to purpose. It's back to passion. Why are you, why, why are you a yoga teacher, right? Why are you teaching? And a lot of folks don't know. I ask, it's like when I do a 200 hour yoga business module, that's the first thing that I say when I walk in, why are you here? And some of them don't know. Some of them are there because they thought it was cool. Some of them are there, you know, there, or it was just a thing to do. But for some people, there is a true purpose and passion. A lot of folks uncover their purpose right through their training and everyone has one. But when you know what it is and you recall it and you go back to it, that's what gives you, I, I call it putting your message on a mission, right? That's what lets you free yourself from the, the, the say the it feeling like a set a sell or feeling salesy or feeling icky like let that go if you remember your why which for me I'll share my own it's to be a catalyst for better living right I know that my tools and services that I provide catalyze right folks to have healthier businesses and that helps there be more yoga in the world so if that means I have to post on Instagram or send out a newsletter, or tell the guy at the coffee shop, or get on the podcast with Peg, right? To get the word out about what I'm doing. Do I always love it? No. But I do it because I have to, because I remember my why, right? It's the reason that you began. It's the reason you exist. Your business exists. And if you keep that in front of you, then the marketing is just sharing the good news, right? It's sharing, it's sharing the good news. It's providing the opportunity. It almost becomes like, why wouldn't I be marketing it? Why wouldn't I be telling people, right? About what I have to offer because it matters, right? Everyone's purpose matters. I remember so. that's exactly what you said to me. Like, how will they know? Like, why are you here? And you asked me that. And I remember very clearly why I made the shift from counseling to yoga. I was like, I, I, what, I could make a bigger difference mm -hmm. teaching yoga than I could sitting in talk therapy. Like I was watching the people I was teaching yoga shapes, you know, breathing, moving. Um, they were having these profound experiences mm -hmm. that it was taking so much longer in these dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, yeah discussions and you know now 20 years later the research has come out and right. all real change comes right. from embodied experiences i mean like right. it's really clear the but back then i was just like you know watching this and so i thought well, i want to make a difference like this is this is really important work and i knew that there was something to this embodied experiences this was 25 years ago and you said how will people know if you don't mm -hmm. Share if you love what you do and you have a purpose. You you said, if I remember correctly, or maybe I interpreted <laughs> it, it's not really marketing. You right. just you're sharing the good news. You're just sharing something that you really believe in and believe in it for others. And how will they know if you yeah. don't share? Yeah, yeah, exactly, That's exactly. And you were so forward thinking. You know, I love that the market and the world is kind of caught up with the concept, you know, of embodied practice and, and therapy and, um, and still so, so far to go with it. I mean, I feel like they're just like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And now it'll actually get 
the air, the, the space that it needs um, to really burn. But it's it's so true. It's so true. And it's hard for it's hard for everyone, you know, and this was, I mean, my goodness. I mean, the conversation that we had was pre, was post social media, but you know, it's there's a there's marketing has always existed in our space right we've all whether it was your studio back in the day you know with the donation box how did you find out about your teacher training right you probably found out from a teacher in the studio mentioning it in class right you know so there was always some kind of sharing of you know hey if this is having a profound impact for you you might want to think about doing a teacher training maybe it was a little more subtle than like an ad being served to you on Facebook but we've always been, it's always been part of what we do, but I think, you know, because social media and things has just gotten so, um, so kind of out of proportion in our lives that marketing just kind of gets lumped in with the bucket of social and all this stuff that is actually not good for us, right? So it's like, how do we pull back a little bit and not throw the baby out with the bathwater about supporting ourselves? and our businesses and our communities. God bless you for saying that because I I was one of those people that didn't, I never had a problem with social media. I have a real problem with it now. I really don't want to be there. I am struggling. I am on the, the major struggle bus and it it feels like it's changed. It's become this mm-hmm. consumption and, and it's and it's insatiable. And, 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 and you're just constantly like trying to keep up and trying to put out and make content. And, and this is not also what I came here to do. And it feels not, and I think this goes back to your why it doesn't, it no longer, or it doesn't always not no longer every now and then, you know, it does like, it feels authentic, but it doesn't feel authentic. Like it Mm -hmm. once did. It doesn't feel organic. It feels like Mm -hmm. a schedule of posts. I stopped doing the podcast last year for that Mm -hmm. reason, because I just felt like I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to, and I have to put it out on the month because you need a regular, that's a good business thing, right? You have to have it be regular. And, and, and it just felt like I was constantly producing content and not feeling it, not my, I lost my why, like my why was because I'm supposed to. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that and part of your process. And I think, I hope that everyone hears that what, what Peg is basically talking about are some of like the ebbs and the flows of being a business owner. And, you know, you set a plan and you hopefully are consistent enough to execute on it, but you have to reassess it right? And you have to gut check it and say, is this still the right thing for me to be doing right now? Because life changes, the world changes, you change, right? Along the way, and you've got to allow your business to to adjust with it. So I think it's actually really great. You took a break, you know, to reassess things um, and then hopefully have picked it up in a way that feels good again. And because we certainly don't want to be shooting ourselves into doing anything. That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur that you get to choose every day, right? How you're going to show up for your life and your business. And I think because of the couple of years that we've experienced, you know, with the pandemic and losing our in-person communities for most of us, losing um, our 
you know, just sort of like consistency and stability and the other side of it, right? So before social media was complemented by what, you know, social media marketing was complemented by grassroots marketing, right? Like the example I just gave about your, your teacher in your studio back in the 90s, right? Word of mouth, taking class, talking with people after class. Hey, what are you working on? Us at the White House. When's the last time you've actually been to an event like that? Like I haven't been to an event like that since before COVID where other teachers who were working on things are meeting, we're kicking handstands, we're having a glass of wine, right? We're in community in that way. Like all of that is gone and we all went online. That's where community was, which has been beautiful, potent, lucrative and we're so far away from the ground, right? We're literally like not on the ground and in the room with each other. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why it's feeling lopsided because it is lopsided and that part of what is coming, I know you wanted to chat about sort of where the industry is is going, is to return to that grassroots place. We've got to get back on the ground with each other. We have to be in the flesh and in person. We have to you know, offset because your your entire marketing machine for most people, unless they have a fully online business, fully online business, it's part social is part of it. It's not all of it, right? You've got to be networking. You have to be handing out your business cards and talking to people and going to other folks' events and being out and being in the world. And I really, you know, we just... It just went away. And for many of us, myself included, it's a muscle I'm still learning to rebuild. I work from home. I'm in my living room right now. You know? That really resonated. And I have, I'll, I'll share something. Like this year, we started an online mentorship teacher, um, not just teacher, yoga mentorship for anyone. I wasn't sure this was all the, you know, this is all kind of post-COVID, like me rethinking, re of the mm -hmm. way I even share. But anyway, I believe in mentorship very strongly. At the same time, I open up the yoga mentorship. I'm also mentoring at the local school, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just like believe in mentorship. There's my why. I believe in that relationship. It was amazing. Like this group, we got to know each other intimately, thoroughly, wonderfully, such a great experience. One of them said, boy, I would love for us to meet in person. Mm -hmm. So, and I realized, you know, so I said, well, I don't really want to hold an event in Bozeman, but how about I open up my yoga space here and I invite, we do an impromptu yoga retreat just for our mentors. Mm -hmm. They came from all parts from Hawaii, from, from Miami, from Baltimore, from, you know, uh, just California, like Nashville, all, you know, they came into my little space. They all rented a house together, Ava, like all these people that we never met in person, they rented a house in, you know, Bozeman, Montana, you know, in the cold and learned how to build fires. And we went okay. hiking and we had practices and we had circle time. We shared meals. I cried. I'll mm -hmm. cry now. It was, it was, I missed I missed, I missed people. I missed having 
that kinship in the end they, they walked in and I knew that I knew them you know with with everything in my being like the the, yeah. the year that we'd spent that online was not lost it wasn't it was good it was it was wonderful and it also couldn't take the place of that either and so I know that that I love that you said that that will go back because I don't, I'm not giving up the online. I live in Montana. Yeah. I live up by myself. I'm isolated <laughs> and I'm not, and I have no intention of, of reintegrating myself anymore. That's why she's only showering once a week. <laughs> I'm only showering once a week, like, yes. but I also really want to be to that. You can't replace that physical presence, that being with people one-on-one, -on -one, that, that sharing meals, that taking walks, that, sitting on the White House lawn, chatting and, and being with each other. And so I'm really happy to hear you say that going back. And I'm sorry to get like emotional about it, but it was a really powerful experience. And I, I know very much that as we move into this next mentorship, we will have those, like, I will create those opportunities. I know that that was, that was really meaningful and needs to be a part of it. It can't be either or. Yeah, it's, and it's not either or. And, you know, it's not about, Thank you so much for sharing that example. And it, it it's, you know, you feel it. And that's, we're all still trying to recalibrate from this insanity that we lived through the past couple of years. And, and that gut emotion is a human, is hu being human. And that's what, you know, when you're like, oh my God, I can't effing stand Instagram anymore. It's because it's out of whack. We were spending, there's too much of that and less of this you know, in the flesh. And so I do think that that that's, we're returning to that and it won't be either, or it'll be both. And, but there'll be, it'll be in context a little bit more, right. We can be more in real life. Um, we'll use online as a tool, you know, and, and hopefully use it well and efficiently. And, um, you know, it is viable. It's a revenue stream. It's a way to communicate. I am not anti-online at all. And most of us are needing more of the in-person to balance our our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our businesses. So, and I love what you said when you called it kinship. I, I really, that word, that's what I wrote down. Um, that's, uh, it's it's just so human and so important. And, you know, for me, I'm not as isolated as you are. And like, I have to really make myself get out. I still have to, I mean, I live in the Bronx. I'm looking out the window. It's like a subway stop right there. So it's not like I'm not, I don't have access, but I'm so used to being home and I work from home and, you know, my studios, I mean, you haven't, I don't know when the last time was you were in New York city, but the yoga scene is like completely different than before COVID. I mean, probably 60, 70% of the studios closed. I think there's been one new opening that I know of um and I've heard rumblings of a few more that are starting to kind of fill in some of those those holes but like the yoga scene doesn't look like what it used to look like you know and I just had a conversation last night with a teacher who's taught in the city for like 40 years and we were reminiscing about you know you used to bop here and bop there and you knew like the noon class at so-and-so was going to have 70 people in it and then you hit this and you know and we're all the, the institutions are gone, the yogis are scattered, you know, so I'm, I am going to do what I can for myself to connect 
to where people are, but also to build some structures and to create some events and really start to kind of be active because we do need this as a community. We need to come together. Amen. You said something that really hit home and I've heard it, but remember I live in the middle of nowhere. So I've, but that yoga studios have closed that a lot of people. And so I'm, I'm hearing, and you can tell me more because you probably know much more than I do, but I hear two things. Number one, yeah, the, the community has diminished somewhat the studios that were there. So then the teachers that were teaching also don't have somewhere to teach, but then also they're feeling like they have to do more than teach. Like all of a sudden I see teachers slash coaches slash blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like there seems to be this, this whole, like all of a sudden it's not enough to be a yoga teacher. You have to have a whole bunch of other things that you do as well. I guess if it, if that's organic and if that's the way your, your role is shifting, I get that. But from a lot of people I hear it's, they feel like they have to add it on because the community has shrink. Is yeah. that? I would say that the community is scattered, um, you know, without being, uh, um, what's the word I would say, you know, I don't want to make there were, there was loss, right? Loss of life during the pandemic. And what we're experiencing as a market is, so I don't like, so I don't want to be thinking about diminishing as much as scattering, right? So for the most part, and this is where I was trying to be careful with my words, the, the loss is actually just unorganized. Like we're, we're not, we're not cohered anymore. Everyone is like spun out into the eco, into the universe, right? There's no cons, there's no Milky Way, there's no, there's no congregation the way that there was before. But for the most part, folks are still out there, right? They're still out there. And so we to answer your question about the adding on of different types of ways to make money, absolutely. I got a full-time job. I have a full-time job now. I worked for myself for well over a decade. And when I tell you it's hard to go back to working for somebody else, but guess what? It was a necessity. It was a necessity. I'm too smart and too talented to not be able to pay my rent. And I was committed, tapped in, smart, anticipatory, all of the things, but I could not outthink the pandemic. And it it has been one of the greatest gifts actually to have hit bottom. I ran completely out of money during COVID. Completely. <laughs> like got a job waiting tables. Got a full-time. Now I have a full-time job. I work at Kripalu um, up in uh, Massachusetts in the Berkshire. So I'm working at a yoga retreat center. So it's a complimentary business. So grateful to have landed there. Um, but it was non-negotiable. It was non-negotiable for me to, to go ahead and go back to work while the market stabilizes and to allow my business to recover and to let the industry recover. So it is a necessity, I think. And I think that if more people were okay with it, they could they could recover faster. Um, I am not sure why it is like the a four-letter word to have a job. I, I just don't, you know, why being a full-time teacher is this holy grail of, you know, why that's the goal for so many folks. I often say during, you know, when I'm coaching people, like don't quit your day job if you haven't already, <laughs> you know, give yourself some time to get there. But certainly now 
you know, while the market is coming back together, while the students are coming back together, while perhaps we're finally getting like just the littlest bit of stability, you know, as humans, right? The whole earth has been like, do yourself a favor, right? And maybe think about a steady source of income. It doesn't, it's not any less than to me, you know, if you have a full-time job or a part-time job and you teach yoga. So that was a little loopy. No, it wasn't. It was truth, Ava. Thank you so much. Because I mean, like, this is what I, I mean, if you just look at social media, it's like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm here and I, you know, and it's, it's like painting this illusion over it. And yet individually I've spoken to people and I know that they're, they've taken that it's been a little scary. And I know you're not the only one I've spoken to a lot of teachers who have gone back and gotten jobs and are teaching part-time, but are not sure like where that's headed. Um, other people have gone back to school mm-hmm. and my daughter, that's what she's done. She's gone back mm-hmm. to school and, mm-hmm. but, but nobody talks about that. So you suddenly feel like you're, and you'd go back to the scattered thing because we don't have community and we don't keep continue to regroup and talk to each other. You see, feel like you did something wrong. Like you failed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and you're right, the pandemic, like who prepared for that? Who knew what that was going to do? And, but you, when you're all alone, you just feel like, oh, I'm, shouldn't be doing this. I failed. I, you know, or I'm alone. I'm the only one who's had to do that, you know? That is, it's, it's not true for most of us that it was a failure that caused what happened now. If I am a thousand percent transparent with my business, there were things I already knew were like, "Mm, this isn't really working as well as it could be. This is volatile. You know, I shouldn't be so invested in the live appearance side of my business because something could happen. I had had these thoughts for years before the pandemic came. But meanwhile, 80% of my business was touring, right? I was sending people to Europe. Mexico, Asia, everywhere you could think of. I had like, I would have like 10 teachers out on tour every weekend, right? That was the, that was where I was invested. And then I had the little 20% was the consulting and the coaching and the things that I could control. So the pandemic just happened to like, you know, pull the whole rug out from everything. But so what I'll say is I'll say this, every business owner has accountability with, with where it went wrong, right? I would say most of us already were looking at some writing on the wall that we weren't taking action on, right? I remember how many teachers I said, we should be online years years before the pandemic, right? That didn't wanna go online and then had to do that last minute and yada, yada. So that's that I think is important. Like, yes, there's some level of responsibility and we could not outthink a global catastrophe like that, but I still beat myself up about it. I still beat myself up about, I had a plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. They all fell through. I got fired from the waitressing job, okay? I got fired from a ramen shop in Soho. It's a really funny story. But like, so when I ran out of money, it was like the business was out of money. My my backup plan was the restaurant. I got fired. Like, I mean, when it went down, it went down. And I, it's hysterical. The story is so funny. 
But I beat myself up for a really long time about not being able to have done better and figured it out and gotten and and somehow been ahead of an active catastrophe. Okay, this is an this was actively unfolding. And yet somehow it was my fault I couldn't figure my way out of it. So I can only imagine that lots of other people hold that same, you know, for the studios that they lost, for the income that they lost, you know, for the identities that they lost, like that there's some, uh, what's the right way to say it? Like shame around it. Shame. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just like happy that you're talking about the pandemic because I swear anytime it's like, nobody wants to talk about it. It's, it's like, oh no, that was so 2020 that's over, you know? And, and, but by not talking about the very real shifts that happened in the world and like you, I also, yeah, it was a little come to Jesus moment for me too. I, I didn't like traveling so much, like all the time. It wasn't, it's, I'm a homebody. I, I, I like, I have roots. I like being home. And so I'd long wanted mentorship. Wasn't something that I had thought of because of the pandemic. I had thought of it. I had wanted to do it for years, but I didn't have the guts. Mm -hmm. have guts. You stick with what's tried and true. Teach asana, man. Teach asana. Everybody wants asana. Do asana. And but so all the things that I'm a trained counselor, like the, the the relationships piece, this stuff. Yeah. I was too scared to make that switch because I didn't know. Yeah, I was just too scared, too comfortable, but uncomfortable because I didn't really enjoy traveling as much and have always enjoyed smaller groups, one-on-one, -on -one, um, real personal work, not. I love asana. I love working with the body, but I just, I'm not a cookie. I'm just not a lead class. And I was abysmal at it online, by the way. I don't, <laughs> I do not teach asana classes online. I am a, I am too old. I can't pay attention. Like the technology just distracts me. I'm terrible. <laughs> the camera's not right. I don't know where I'm looking. The tech, you know, I forget to hit record. All sorts of bad things happen. Um, So I knew I wasn't, but by when everything shut down, it, it wasn't so much courage as I just, nothing else was left except for what I really either wanted to do or, yeah, I guess I didn't have anything to left. I didn't have anything to lose. You were given a clean slate is what happened. And this is, this is part of the gift of what we've been through. So um, your example of sort of doing things because they're the things to do is very, very common in our space because it's it's a lot there's a lot of uh imitation that happens in the yoga world so we look and go oh well let's see what sue next door is doing or like let me just do what sue's doing because that's what sue's doing versus like what does peg really want what is what really lights her up what are her gifts and skills that can be most leveraged on behalf of the practice right that's where you're at now but before we're all just kind of like oh well i'll do it this way because this is how it's done and so then when everything broke and fell apart, you were given a gift of open space to create what you really wanted. And I think that that's really important for us to remember as the world reopens and stabilizes, because it's very easy to go back to what other people have been doing because other people have been doing it. And 
not really think about what you want for your business and how you want to show up every day and how you want to be of service. Um, so many things. I remember I did some, um, I did a small business help desk right during like the first like 90 days of, of COVID with, um, with the yoga Alliance. And it was just business owners coming and asking questions. And we were trying, we were crowdsourcing and how do we navigate and like what's happening, right? This is before we even knew what was going on. And there were so many people who were really tired and who weren't spending any time with their families and who, you know, were running around, never home for dinner, tra traveling, exhausted, um, not making a living, you know, not making the money that they needed to make. And so we challenged each other when we had the opportunity to, a lot of us had to do what we had to do the past couple of years, mm -hmm. right? And, and hats off, right? We all, trust me, I was slanging noodles in Soho. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that bad. I didn't get fired because I wasn't good with the noodles. It was something else. Um, but we all had to do what we had to do during the pandemic. And now we can, now there it's, now's the time to really think about what we really want to be doing. And so I, I would love for folks to think about that because same thing, that can be a chapter, right? Those three years can be a chapter, whatever you did to survive and thrive during those three years also doesn't have to be carried forward, right? It's the beginning of 2024 because essentially we always had that clean slate, right? The clean slate is always there for you to be the one to truly create what's right for you. There's a book I read, Martin Shaw, he wrote The Smoke Hole. And there's this Ooh. paragraph in there where he talks about, and he he kind of wrote it post-pandemic and, you know, a little bit about kind of that trudge up the mountain, that that real struggle to get up there. And he says, okay, now you're you're there. You're there at the mountaintop. Whatever nonsense you've been carrying on, whatever baggage that you've been given that you thought you had to hold on to, leave that nonsense, leave that shit there and make your way back down. And I, I think about that, like whatever we got through these past three years, whatever it was that we've been holding on to, that we've been carrying that, that nonsense, leave it, mm -hmm. come on back down lighter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's some honoring in that, you know, setting down, setting the setting down of it. Um, I did a coaching session this morning, great business owner, published author, instant tears. She hadn't grieved what had been lost over the past couple of years. And that's where I start. Yes, let's build you a roadmap for your business moving forward. But let's talk about what we've just been through because it's real. And if we don't honor it, it stays with us and it's it hinders our creativity with that clean slate. So yes to what Martin said, and, he, and he, maybe he talks about this as well, but like there is an honoring and a setting down and an and, and, and acknowledgement of that time and that labor and that emotional carrying and the fear and the loss and just all of it. Give it, give it its, you know, give it its time, set it down. Yeah. And then let's get to work, right? What are we doing? What's next? Um, and it took me a long time. Like I just feel that in October, it's January now. So this is like 90 days ago that I really got clear. Like I really set it down, but it took all that time 
It took all that time of living in it, getting back on my feet financially. You know, it took all that time before I was like, okay, I can turn the page on that chapter now and clean slate, think about what I want to do next. Um, and then book baby was born around that time, which is really interesting, um, kind of energetically, but it's real. And I, and I think a lot of us are, haven't given the time for the grief and the honoring. Um, so I think that that's real for lots of us and exciting, you know, that it's time now, you know, to kind of come back, come back down as Martin would say. It kind of turns it into like a rite of passage in a way, the way you just said it, like honoring, it's like a rite of passage and it's, you know, those are difficult and we don't have those. These are interesting because we don't have those built into our culture anymore. Those Mm -hmm. rites of passage that are, you put yourself in this situation where, you know, things break down and, and, you know, it's difficult on purpose. There's honor in the difficulty there's, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that we come out of it different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, and I, I think that, yeah, by, by just brushing over it and pretending it didn't happen or like, you know, we, we, we lose that piece. So I love the way you said honoring the setting down, you know, honoring the experience, even the struggle that it took honoring, getting fired from a flipping Soho <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. Man, that's a rite of passage. That is a rite of passage. <laughs> Because, because look who went and wrote a book after. Well, he made a mistake. He said when he hired me, the restaurant will remain unnamed. And so old said manager. But he, when he hired me, he was like, if you see something, say something, Ava. If you see something around here, probably not knowing that I am actually a small business coach. If you see something around here that I could be doing, (laughs) I could be doing better. Please don't hesitate to let me know. So I was always like, Chad, what? I almost said his name, you know, send an emails and be like, have you thought about this? You know, so he eventually didn't really want the feedback. <laughs> yeah, but look, got your fire started, you know, got you. Can you uh, tell me about the book? Yes. I'm so yeah. proud of you. I'm so oh. happy for you. I am just like overjoyed. but. Yeah, tell me. Right <laughs> of passage to 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 the difficulty, you know, that we've all survived. Like, just let's put like a big exclamation point on that. That we we whether by grace or luck or ingenuity, you know, for those of us that are here, and I know many of us have have lost people through this time too. So I'm careful with my words. Um, but it is it is something to to celebrate the just sheer fact of making it. And um, I'm excited for where everyone goes next. Yes, the book baby. There she is. There she is, your yoga business. So what's interesting about the book um, published by Human Kinetics is that I got the contract for it in August of 2020. And so we were still in lockdown here in New York City and it and this is when the business's bottoms falling out. I don't know when I started at the restaurant, but just like kind of the active catastrophe. <laughs> and so I had this thing to do. 
while everything around me was falling apart. Um, you know, in about an 18 month period, I had two companies go under, I had started a second company. I don't know if you, if you had wind of it, but I was doing a, um, an online company selling, um, distributing yoga mats and props, um, China gel, like just all of the stuff to accompany your practice. So like big investment, the whole shebang. So two companies that went under, um, I got a divorce. My dad died Oh God! on top of the pandemic was like 18 months of my life. So just everything, just, just, and here I am with this book I had to write. I had the opportunity to write. And so it was this love hate relationship because of the practicalities of what my life was like. So literally there were days where every hour of my time needed to be spent making money, like actually making money. So sitting down to write chapters for something that doesn't exist yet, it, you know, or that certainly doesn't have a paycheck attached to it. I did get a, I did get a small advance, but you know, it, it's 10,000 hours to write a book. Like it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it, it you know, unless you're getting, oh, honey, you're preaching it. I know. Yeah, I know. So it is, it's so much work. It's an extraordinary amount of work. And so to have to do that, I'm going to rephrase that, to have the opportunity to do that on top of not having money to pay my bit. I mean, it was just like, so it was this weird thing. So I'd be writing at 10 o'clock at night. I'd be writing during the weekend, any, any free time that I had. So, you know, I'm picking up odd jobs and consulting jobs, and then I'm writing after hours. So this was, so anyways, I just share that because it's such a, it was such a process and an interesting time. And it, it was like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I was like, I'll get there someday, someday, which is where we are now. I will be out of this situation that I'm in right now. And I will have created, this will be my prize, right? Like I will have created something during those dark days that I'll be really proud of. So she's here. <laughs> she's here. She's here. And she's really good. The book is amazing. Um, it is, you know, 10 years, 12 years worth of coaching, you know, working with that over a thousand yoga teachers, yoga studios, brands, media outlets on what it really takes to create um healthy businesses that's been distilled into this book, it is very thorough. It's really organized and it has all of the, the actual tools that we use. So it's, it's really practical. So like if you log in and you're hosting an event, there's an event calculator from the real world that's been used to plan, produce, price, right? Actual retreats, actual teacher trainings. It's there for you. And there's an online, uh, a portal through human kinetics propels, you can just go log in and run your event, plug the numbers in with a tool that was created in the real world. So it's really practical, which was my absolute goal. I was like, I don't want anything in here that's not useful. It's funny because there's memoir. You know, I talked to you about to back to where we started about learning things the hard way. I give a lot of the stories of what I learned the hard way and how the tools were formed as solutions. To those things that had gone awry. So yeah, she's kick-ass. It is, it is from what 
the reviews I'm receiving like the most comprehensive book, business book for our space, period. So. <laughs> I have so, I like, there's so much in me that I want to say, first of all, the practicality part, that's the part that really bringing it down to earth and giving teachers useful tools because it's not something even as a counselor, I was never trained in business. I don't know anything about marketing. I don't, you know, you do these things on gut instinct and, you know, hopefully it works or, you know, follow your heart and all of these things or build it and they will come. I mean, those are really yeah. nice sentiments, but without the actual tools. And that's what practice is about too. You know, practice is tangible. It's to give you preparation. It's to actually right. prepare you for um, real world and yes. real realizations, real awareness, but we need that preparation. We need that time, those exercises, those, those hands-on skills, but also I so appreciate learning lessons or even speaking to the lessons you learn the hard way, because mm -hmm. it's easy to espouse advice when you haven't been through the trenches, when perhaps, hey. when there's been privilege there, when it's been handed to you and you, you know, you haven't walked into a class five, you know, three weeks in a row, three months in a row and no one shows up, you know, you haven't like lost it all. I yeah. lost my whole, that whole yoga, the whole palm thing out, the business thing. Yeah. yeah. I, lost it. I lost it all. I lost it all because I wanted to have a partner and yeah. I wanted to have a friend and someone to do it with me. So I signed over. So they invested money and I gave my time. Mm -hmm. and guess who ended up with the business mm -hmm. with the money because mm -hmm. I couldn't live without making any money. It was fine. They had a job, you know what I mean? But I learned that the hard way. And now I understand that you can put $10,000, $20,000 into a business, that doesn't mean you grow a community. Right. If you don't have, you can only grow a community with people. Like a, a fancy desk doesn't bring students in, but a really caring, you know, individual who has something to teach does. And so, but that was like something I had to really learn the hard way. I thought it was the fancy stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe that would, or maybe having a friend. Anyway, I appreciate that you've been through the trenches, that you've, you know what it's like to lose it too mm -hmm. and to rebuild. That's the advice I want. Someone who's been in my shoes, someone mm -hmm. who knows what it's like for real. Yeah. For real. For real. For real. And, and, you know, there's, Part of being an entrepreneur, which again, all of y'all yoga teachers out there are entrepreneurs, whether whether you like it or not, um, is trial and error. So making mistakes and learning things the hard way is par for the course. And you don't have to learn everything the hard way. And to Peg's point, it, yeah, I mean, if you if you have a choice. To be supported by someone who gets it and who's been there, the good, the bad, and the ugly, then yeah, why wouldn't you get your advice from that person, right? It just makes more sense. And 
there is, you know, like we were just saying, like for real, there's, there's a reality to what we're doing. And yeah, I want to talk to somebody who's tried it this way and tried it that way and has seen, you know, cause it, it's one, what one has to also remember is it wasn't just me, but I was coaching other business owners. So the amount of like data and experience is super interesting, right? So it was Peg in DC running her business and it was, uh, you know, Sue in New York City and it was Mark in Germany and it we write like all of these folks trying different things working on different things and so it's a culmination of the best practices and learnings from all of that that we were doing around the world you know for over a decade um but I'm I'm you know I would not change any of what I've been through and I'm so grateful, Peg. Like the like, I cannot even imagine living the life I had before. I cannot. And so, all the loss, the falling away, the hard learnings. You know, I'm now in a place I can be really grateful for it. And I'm so excited about my own clean slate. You know, and what I'm going to build and do with all of that learning. Um, behind it. And, and it's so interesting because, you know, we've been, we're kind of contemporaries in the yoga world. So, you know, we've, we've been around a bit and there's a whole new generation now, you know, there's a whole new generation. I did a, a module in a YTT um, in the end of November, a global majority YTT that um, Kripalu hosted. So it was led by and for BIPOC. Amazing. And um, I mean, babies learning to teach yoga. And I'm like, here we go again, right? He, you know, here we go again. And so it's just this beautiful continuation of our path and our lineages. And, you know, we, we made it, we made it, we made it. And I'm excited to see what we create, you know, sort of our generation and what, how the next generation is going to take it and make it theirs. And um, just all of it just all of it. It's, uh, I'm just really grateful. I'm just really grateful for this experience. And I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you too. This is you know, amazing. We're still here. <laughs> and thank you for being here and listening. Order your yoga business on Amazon and learn what it takes to build real and sustainable growth as a yoga business owner without having to learn everything the hard way like me. <laughs> and if you enjoyed today's episode, please pass it along to a friend or give it a share on social media. Help us spread the good word. Today's episode of the Ishtanga Dispatch Yoga Podcast was edited and produced by me, Peg Queen. Music is by Mark Pelley. Bless the pain. But try to figure me out